Mastery is defined as achieving the highest level of skill and knowledge in a particular field or activity. But what isn't very well known is that the mastery of anything is a journey, not a destination. My name is Jacob Panisi. I'm the fitness director at Millsaps Training Facility. I'm joined with Brian Johnson, the head trainer at Millsaps Training Facility. Together, we created this podcast to be your guide as you navigate the journey of mastering motocross. Welcome to MX Mastery. Did you see um, Ducati's coming out with 250? I saw that they they branched into off road with like are their we, are we doing, desert. Are we doing like the show right now? Yeah. Oh, we're doing the show. <laughs> no. This is this is. I mean, is this secret? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what. Honestly, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. You know. Well, maybe Some, I'll just yes, cut out the yeah. parts of about talking to. But yeah, yeah. No, so I mean some things i know it's a little not really rumors i guess you can say it's coming from a good source so i know it's true right so it's a little bit more than a rumor i'm sorry um, i just left it in the podcast but I'm i was told certain things i was told not to say anything that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Dude, where. They, but it's assumed like yeah i mean obviously somebody yeah obviously people are going to talk about it right if yeah. all those teams know about it they're they're going to talk about it i thought it was just me and you talking right there, and we were totally off camera. But oh no, we're on camera. Not. But I mean, I don't have to post <laughs> yeah, any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I don't care. But I think it's a big deal to have a new manufacturer. Like, do you think there's going to be pushback from from all the people? Because like our our sport's so heavy in nostalgia. So when people are like, "You mean there's going to be a Ducati next to a Kawasaki and a Honda? Get that shit out of here!" Like, yeah, I mean, this is America. <laughs> you know, I mean. People said it about KTM, you know, and they hired Dungey, and probably somebody like Ducati looks at what ktm did at that time and you know everybody told ryan dungy uh, you know i wouldn't say everybody but there was a lot of hate or you know, not hate but just you know saying that's a bad move right he was suzuki rookie year won 450 title one you know the supercross and motocross title and then he makes this switch over to ktm that wasn't a proven brand and not a good bike but ktm came in and you know they were coming out with new bikes every half year to make it competitive so mm-hmm. they were all in to create something way more than any manufacturer has ever done you know and and it worked right so ducati has the money they have you know probably the people behind it and if they want to make a run for it i wouldn't see why they couldn't you know it's just going to be a huge investment but it's pretty cool do you think that they would try to get like one of the top guys to leave their current team to take a a leap of faith on Ducati. From, you think they're gonna from, try to build? from what I heard that they were gonna go. I mean, you said they were gonna do a two fifty deal. I heard they were going after the premier class right away for um, MXGP or here in the U.S. I heard U.S. Um, See, I heard MXGP. They were talking about as early as next year. Are they talking early as next year for uh, like Supercross? Or are you talking outdoors? I heard earliest next year supercross um i don't i don't it might have been one more year to be honest i don't exactly i was kind of listening you know but <laughs> you know wasn't listening to all the ins yeah. and outs of details you know until it really happened you know so wasn't really planning on talking about it to anybody why you i never brought it up to you right because it's pretty cool um, it's super cool. Yeah. Um, and the only I, reason I brought it up is because other people are talking yeah, about it now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not a secret, even though like the the head guy at Ducati is still saying, yeah, it's heavily rumors and it's it's probably unlikely, but there is like, it's definitely in the works. Yeah. And, 
you heard they were going 250s. I've heard the the premier class, which I see the benefits to going in the premier class, right? It's most bikes you're going to cater power one way or another, but you don't really have to develop the motor, right? So you're going to then go just to chassis. So if you brought somebody, if you said you went after somebody big like a Tomac or a Sexton or a Roxon, you know, which route do you go to grab this person? You're basically just on the chassis side, you know, more or less. Yeah, mm-hmm. Motor's pretty good, gonna, should be pretty good on the 450 Premier side, um, you know, cater it, you know, from gearing or little power here or there, but they can do that pretty easily on, on their side of things. It's going to be a little harder to build a competitive 250 motor wise and chassis wise i would say you know yeah i mean you saw the process that firepower went through to try to get their 250 competitive and it takes a lot of trial and error and a lot of a lot of dedication and i mean when you think about what's more important especially in the 450 class like they it makes sense that they would want to start there because they just make you know a lot of the other bikes don't have usable 450 power anyways or they a lot of guys say they tame it down or they don't use all the bike yeah so. it just depends depends on the rider for sure but yeah it's easier to cater one way or another you know you want a little more power it's pretty easy to get yeah, it you, you know they, they can make the bikes where they're so fast they're just the rider is like no way yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. and then they can this. do that pretty easily you know yeah I wonder if it's like interesting timing because I, I feel like a lot of people just sign extensions. I mean, if they're trying to get a top guy, you know, it's almost like they're a year too late. Yeah, push I it mean, back. I mean, I I don't know who's up. There's still some guys that are up that haven't but haven't like signed Kenny but or something. You yeah, know? yeah, you never know. I'm sure they're gonna if they go after a top guy, it's gonna kind of be name your price, you know, as being a a manufacturer that doesn't have anything proven and you're going to grab a top guy you're going to have to basically have a big guarantee right because that guy's going to assume he might not make any bonuses right so he'll help develop the bike but Ducati's going to want to obviously be competitive pretty quickly yeah I would think so that's why it almost makes Ken Roxon or somebody like him a perfect candidate because he's not necessarily looking for championships anymore like he's just trying to win races make money and you know, he tried to build something with Suzuki. Maybe that's going to work out for him. But to jump ship and go to Ducati, it's weird to even say that out loud. Yeah. I don't know. That's just interesting. It's uh, And something that I truly just wanted to get your opinion on. Because I just heard about it, like, yesterday. And clearly you've known for, like, months and just don't say anything. So <laughs> I, I gossip a little bit, but not that much. Yeah. Try not to, at least. Well, it's not gossip when it's on a podcast. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. All right. So the reason we're here today is the... Pro Motocross Series kicks off on Saturday. Um, that's this week at the time of recording. It's Wednesday, the week before Outdoor starts. And we just wanted to do a quick breakdown of what we are personally going to be watching, what we think is going to be interesting. We're not going to do what Pulp does and, and break down who's going to be missing and who's going to be in and, and you know like do title predictions and all that. But I, I think that this summer can end up being really interesting. People think it's going to be the Jet and Chase jet and chase show and they might be right but do you see how do you think it's going to be different chet jet versus chase chet jet versus chase as opposed to like chase versus eli uh i mean i don't know i honestly can't give you a real i have a lot of thoughts on this by the way 
<laughs> well, that's good. So you just you just you just want mine. I mean, I don't know how yeah. it's how it's different. Um, you know, a lot the same. I would say with you know Jet coming in. You know, he's he's coming in. I just want to learn. You know, a little less pressure. Um, where Chase, you know, he just won a championship, so he's pretty proven now in in that class. I would say the only difference is right now is um. Chase hasn't won an outdoor championship yet in the premier class, where when Jet came up, Eli had, right? So Did Chase win any at 250? Not outdoor. Not no. outdoor? No. I think that's important, too. Yeah, so he never did. He won that. He backed that 250 champion, Supercross championship up and went straight into outdoor, similar to what Jet is doing, you know? And I think there's a lot of good to that, you know, with not doing the full season, and similar to, you know, I think it's good sometimes for a rookie to come in and just do outdoors. You know, Supercross and outdoors is a lot. You know, it did work out for um, Hayden so far in the Supercross se- season. But it's a lot, you know, getting thrown into Supercross. All amateurs are comfortable with outdoors. So, you know, he he's going to get 24 races on that 450, learn a lot about the bike, learn a lot about himself before he then goes into a full 17, you know, round supercross season and then have to back that up with an outdoor season so i think just that chase hasn't won the the 450 title so he wants to win that so he has a little bit more pressure on himself to win it where eli had already done so many things even though chase was coming up it wasn't like he wanted to get that monkey off his back you know where jet's coming in and he's like you know i just want to learn you know and then if the cards start falling right he, he could easily be the champion this year yeah i could see it going going either way uh 22 motos by the way i don't it's 11 round series this year and i keep calling it 24 but for the fact checkers out there it's 11 rounds 22 motos i'm curious to see how it's going to be different you know with like chase versus eli it was more of like the future of the sport versus the past of the sport or like the current peak of the sport and so it was almost like, you know, if, if Chase beat Eli, it was, you know, unexpected, no pressure really to beat Eli except for the press that Chase, pressure that Chase put on himself. But nobody expected Chase to just outright beat Eli. And then again, like Eli, if Chase beat Eli, then it was like, well, you know, he's the young gun up and coming. You're on the way out in, in some people's eyes. Obviously, he was talking about it being his last season. So if he didn't win, no one was going to be super surprised or you know like I think it would have been acceptable it wouldn't have created like a big outrage but one thing that I'm curious to see is this is more like the future of the sport versus the future of the sport like they're both super young Jet is what 18 19 19 19 yeah and Chase is 23 yeah I think well if he's not 19 I think he's 19 turning 20 like somewhere around Loretta's which is August because I remember when he was going pro, he was like, yeah, it's my birthday or my birthday's coming up Saturday and then I'm racing next weekend. So I think he's... Oh, he said that? Yeah, when... Or the following week, but he had just turned 16. He was 15 at Loretta's. So, oh, my God. Um, yeah. Very similar to like when Davey was making his first Supercross race. He actually missed his first Supercross race because he was 15 when he start, when the season started. He turned. Oh, you weren't allowed yeah, to. No, he you had to be. Had to be. 16. You have to be sixteen. Yeah. Um, still, <clears throat> so he was actually. His mom was trying to find a way that, like, well, if we flew him overseas, 
you know. Then he made it back. He would uh, turn <laughs> Who was trying there. to do that? Colleen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it didn't work. Or wow. they, they, were, they weren't going to allow yeah. it, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you still They're weren't like, 16 on. here, you know? Yeah. So okay. it's just because it was literally, I think he turned 16 the day after Supercross, you know, of the first round. Yeah. So, so. it'll be he'll, 19 going on 20. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. But or either way, or, like, yeah, I'm how old sure is that. Eli? 31? 30s? Yeah, right there. But, like, Check that out. Imagine if these guys both go into their lower to mid thirties before they even think about retiring. That's a good ten years of battling each other. So like oh, yeah. this is the very beginning of that. And if you look back on like Ryan Villapoto and Ryan Dungey, Dungey was in Villapoto's shadow. I mean, they kind of traded off titles, but it was like every year that Villapoto was healthy, Dungey couldn't do anything. You know, he he lost the title of Villapoto every season that Villapoto made it all the way through. Yeah. So I think there's a really important battle that's going to happen because there's potential one of these guys could live in the other shadow for the next years to come unless you know i'm sure there'll be some small setbacks or some injuries or some team changes and they may not always be just like at the top in the prime but i think it's it's really crazy to think that these two could be battling at the top for the next 10 plus years yep yeah, you know? and, and who's going to step up and really challenge those two? You know, it's I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard. Nobody right now. Yeah, not for a few years. I wouldn't I wouldn't see you know unless Eli obviously comes back or some of these guys get healthy again. You know, um, but they're kind of the two main guys that are are being talked about. You know, but Will Dylan Ferrandez, You know, there there's obviously guys, but those are the two favorites that you would say are one of those two are going to be the guy to beat right you know mm-hmm. every year you know what chase did this year and speed wise and how he figured it out a little bit better at the end you know where he came you know at the end of outdoors last year you would think he's the favorite um in 450 but you just never know you know jet have we really seen his real speed yet you know is it better than chases you know that's where you know some people are are unsure because you know he elevates every time, you know, somebody tries to elevate him the last couple of years, you know. Sometimes somebody thinks they're getting close, but you see it saw in heat races and things like that, like, okay, I really need to go fast now, and he closes the gap tremendously, you know, on those guys. And you look at his first 450 race at Des Nations, and the guy won, you know, at least that, that, that one moto, you know. So were conditions in his favor you know were the other guys playing it safe to win yeah it was it you a know? fluke yeah. kind of thing but i don't think so you know no, I don't but, think so either. um it's gonna be be interesting those two and will anybody elevate like a ferrandis you know or you know i see cooper's coming back obviously he's not known to be the the outdoor guy but you know he's probably coming back looking at well there's a lot of guys out there's a good chance you know something happens to one or two guys and all of a sudden now mm-hmm there's a chance I win an outdoor championship, you know? Yeah. Even if you have to limp through the first round or two, yep. you know, come back too soon. And I've got more on him we can talk about in a little bit. But just sticking with, like, Jet and Chase, I think the only reason why I almost give an advantage to Jet is because he's got it done in the outdoors two times already. And that's the same number of rounds, same number of motos. And the 250 class has been... Not as strong as the 450, of course, but it's been pretty stacked. Like, Joe was really good. Cooper was really good. Hunter was really good. And he's not historically a guy, Jet, that is. He doesn't really throw away motos. He had one big problem. Didn't he have a mechanical last year? And he lost a big chunk of points to Hunter. 
I'm pretty yeah, sure yep, we'd yep, have to. Yep, yeah, yeah, he had a he mechanical, did. and that's the only reason he ever had a DNF. Yeah. And that's the only reason why anybody was even close to him in the outdoors. Yep. I mean, he just wrecked everybody. So I could see, I, I think Chase is the favorite, but he was also the favorite this year, and he had some good fortune that kind of helped him helped him get the title. He earned it for sure, but Eli was a better guy over 17 rounds or over 16 rounds, I guess. So if if it's Chase against Chase and he starts feeling that pressure and he starts making those mistakes because everybody expects him to win over Jet, I would think. Yeah. Do you agree? I I would. You can't count him out, but you know, yes, I would I would say Chase is the guy. Everybody wants Jet to win races. Yeah. Everybody thinks Jet's going to win at least 3 3 races, you know, motos even. But everybody thinks that that Chase is going to be the title guy. Yeah. I would I say, think that's yeah, spot I mean, on. I can't say you would put a number on it, but you're looking at, you're talking, you're putting, yeah, Chase is, is the main guy. So, like you saw so quickly, all it takes is one thing to change. You know, when mm-hmm. when Dungy was coming in as a, as a rookie, you brought him up. He wasn't the favorite to win the Supercross and Outdoor Championship as a, as a rookie 450 guy, you know, but he did it. You know, so yeah. all, if the cards fall, it could be a lot more than, you know, three motos or three overalls, whatever it may be. You know, if Chase isn't there, you know, where's Dylan going to be? And there's some some factors. One guy gets on a roll, and you, you just never know. When you look back to last year, it was Eli and Chase by a big margin. I don't think anybody ever really battled them unless they both had issues. I know there was one mud race that Justin did really well. But unless, you know, you take those outliers away and it was those two by, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. So Well, even at certain times, yes, they pushed it, pushed it and, you know, would really challenge what was going on. But you didn't really see them both hang it out until that last race, right? And yeah. how bad did they beat the rest of the field by? Dude. Right? Because there's Ridiculous. like either we're crashing, we've got like both of them had the same mindset right like i have to beat the other rider you know and and if i don't that guy's going to be the champion and Mm -hmm. that riding was just amazing you know so i don't know if you'll see that you know from jet or from chase right because they don't want to be out of it so you kind of tone it down a a little bit um just for for that factor right so they're managing that it still is 22 rounds like you said I can't win it round one, but I could definitely throw it away trying to prove a point. So yeah, and they yeah. still have to manage conditions, manage you know how hard they really do push ego a little bit, right? So you know, even knowing where Dylan is right now, watching him ride quite a bit, I think you know a few years ago after he was the champ, you know, talking to some people, knowing he came in, the mindset to really dominate, right and and show these guys that he's going to back it up and he's going to do it, you know, very dominant. And he got hurt in press day, so didn't work out for him. Yeah, no. And Dylan is one of those guys that, you know, I think he's really only had one full season in the outdoors on a 450, and the season he made it through is the season he won the title. Every other time he's he's missed a race for either injury or, or something similar, something else kept him off the bike. So to think that, you know, like when I look at the outdoor season this year, I think there's three three guys that are going to swap moto wins, overall wins, 
There might be a couple of the guys that sneak in there and get, you know, a moto win here and there. But I think for the majority of the time, the overalls are going to be split between Jet, Chase, and Dylan. Yeah. I'd mm-hmm. be shocked a bit if it went any other way. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about it was just announced like yesterday that Cooper Webb is going to line up and he's going to race. Do you think that he's coming into this championship thinking that he actually has a chance to beat Chaser Jet? Like, do you think he honestly thinks he's got a title shot? Or do you think he's maybe more of a super motocross play? Because this is the first season we've had super motocross yeah. where the points count and they matter. And, you know, he's automatically qualified, but there's still he'll still be ranked higher. He'll have more points going into the playoffs if he competes yeah, in I the mean, outdoors. If he competes, you know, say he's a fifth-place guy, he should go in second place you know so he would only be down three points you know with how how that system is working um over chase if chase was in it you know if chase went out you know boom he's now going in first so i would imagine it has a little bit something to do with that and maybe even building into next year that he wants to stay on the bike wants to race you know get the gate drops and maybe he thinks it's going to help him in going into the supercross season next year and be a real title contender after this year, you know? So, you know, never know what him, Alden, the team, you know, they, they, they talked about, obviously he's going somewhere else next year. Um, but that's kind of where I think it, a few different factors could be any of them. Yeah. Right. And I mean, like, even you look at, Jet, he's not going to be in their class for the for the playoffs because he started in two fifties, right? So he must not even be doing the Super Motocross playoffs. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I haven't looked into it in depth yet. You know, I've heard different things. Obviously, he's guaranteed a spot in the two fifty, but if he's going down that many points, but yeah, I know it, I know it gets like double points and all these like other factors that yeah, you can wild stuff. So I haven't really broke it down totally to even talk about it and not sound dumb. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much. Um, Fair enough. Try not to sound dumb too often, yeah. especially when it's on camera. <laughs> yeah. Ryan was documented. can get clipped and yep. you know, it's on record. The stupidity. Um, so outside of those three, like, obviously we're going to have like Adam Cincerulo, Aaron Plessinger, which by the way, you say Plessinger or Plessinger? I say Plessinger. See, forever ago, he, he did a interview on TV and they asked him, they said, how do you pronounce your name? And he pretty much was like, well, my whole life has been Plessinger pronounced like the, like the hard G sound, but he pretty much was like, people call me whatever. Yeah. And ever since then, I swear it's like a 50, 50, like the announcers, even in, even in the announcers, I think they say Plessinger or Plessinger. Yeah, it's, I just, never one really of the, yeah, it's just one of those things. So you I keep think, saying Plessinger, I'm going to say Plessinger. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. And I think <laughs> you're. I think it is Plessinger or whatever you say, but I just don't <laughs> like saying it. So I'm not going to, and I don't think he's going to go around correcting everybody every time they say it wrong. So he just is what it is. Call me whatever you want. You know, it is a little different. So yeah, Right. He, I'm sure he doesn't care. <laughs> no. My last name, Panisi, can you imagine? Somebody's trying to pronounce my name. Yeah, it's hilarious. Middle school was not kind to me, as you know. You can imagine where the brain goes. So, anyways, moving on from the 450 class, 250 class. A lot of people think it's going to be a 250 summer because they think it's just going to be a two-man title fight in the 450s. Do you agree? With, I mean, obviously, the 450s. There's going to be more to watch than just that, and it'll be interesting regardless because I think it'll be fun to watch those two battle. Who is your battle. Who is your two-man title fight in the 250s? No, no, no. Sorry, oh, in the 450s. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were no. saying same in the 
in the 250s. But I think my to- my title pick in the 250s might surprise people. I mean, obviously you have like Hunter is going to be good, Justin Cooper is going to be good, Hayden Deegan's going to be good. I'm I thought, I thought you weren't going I thought we weren't going into who's going to be the title guy. I'm not making <laughs> predictions. I'm just I just have to get my two cents out there for who I think is going to be good so that historically when we look back on this episode you can either say like, dude, you're spot on or yeah. you're an idiot. You know, you, you didn't get any of it right. I think the surprise guy to watch is going to be Joe Shimoda. If oh, he can I mean, show I, I wouldn't and, say a surprise, you know. Well, you look at the rest of the guys that are out there. I don't know if you yeah, would have instantly put him up there. I, he just come back from injury. He barely yeah, raced did, any about supercross. How, yeah, and look how good he got towards the end and then look at his outdoor season last year. Okay, so maybe it's yeah. not like safe <laughs> no, wisdom for yeah, me to yeah. pick it's Joe It's not Shimoda. like he was eighth place last year, then you're like magically like, this guy's going to win. Yeah, well, we know. We watched him last year. Yeah, um, okay, so I, I would say, I mean, there's a good shot. You know, he I, I picked him to be very, very competitive this year in Supercross. Obviously, things happen, you know, and we talked about that before with injuries, how that plays a role. Um, but I think he's had enough time on the bike uh, that, he's going to be in a good place to start round one and you know be a top say five guy and just build off of that you know so i wouldn't say it's a bad pick but there are some some other heavy hitters you know obviously so dude it's gonna be stacked it's gonna be the 250s is gonna be a lot of fun to watch yeah i think and and you just never know right like where's rj gonna be like the guy was good so good and now he he's had this supercross season that was very his best ever Mm -hmm. You know, and you look at last year, I think it was last year when he came in, you know, barely riding at all. And the guy was still a machine, you know, so, you know, he's going to be a bulldog, you know, you know, he's not going to be nice, you know, so he's probably going to play, come in and play a little rough if somebody's in front of him and, you know, rattle their, their cage a little bit, you know, if, if the opportunity comes and I can't say that wouldn't, won't hurt him either. Right. Like opportunities there and you know just like you saw in supercross when he knocked him down but oh he sends it yeah and maybe he won't play that right off the bat but i'm sure he's gonna try to make a statement right away and and he's strong i would think so because i think people know he's strong but i think that they also expect him to just be you know flash in the pan really fast take himself out get hurt you know crash yeah because he does crash but all the fast guys that are like insanely fast crash you know, it's just the one time that they actually dial it back 5% and stay up, and then boom, you got yeah. a title contender. And everybody, you know, obviously is going to say Hunter's going to be the, the champ, you know, or the favorite, you know, I would say, um, after last year, what He'll he did good. in Supercross. Um, he's definitely going to be the favorite going in right now from most people. Yeah. You know, Justin Cooper, I think, is going to be better than he was last year just because, you know, his foot injury was so gnarly. You know, a guy was still dealing with that. You could see him walking around last year, and he was limping. So you're managing. You can't say that's not bothering you on outdoor track with how gnarly it is and, you know, still in pain, that that's not going to, you know, restrict your your riding or commitment in in certain areas. I just hope that his season, because, like, his his Supercross season was so weird. So I feel like it's been a long time since he's had consistent gate drops. Do you think that's going to affect him at all? I mean, mean, he's just a racer. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a racer, but he still did have the outdoors last year, you know, and and he did pretty good in Supercross, you know. Any chance there wasn't, or when there wasn't 
big whoops and things like that, you know, where he could jump through the whoops or whatever, because that would be, I would say, a little bit of his downfall in Supercross on the 450. The guy was really good, right? Oh, he was so, really good. So, Absolutely. you know, him just taking a little time back and, and wanting to build in for the outdoors, you know, you look, you know, when the rookies, you know, whether it was Tomac or Barsha or those guys only got ready for the outdoors, they came in swinging, right? So yeah. that's kind of, I think, what his mindset was to over-prepare when these guys that were on the, the top end in Supercross were finishing up Supercross, you know, so Hunter still had to manage that championship and other things where that's going to keep him held back a little where he's really just trying to, to build and come in swinging and get in an outdoor championship. Yeah, I think it's very possible. I mean, I think we have a handful of guys that could really be a title threat, and I hope that they show up the way that they do in my mind. Yeah, and I think I you think know. a little bit depends too. Like, how are they prepping the tracks? Right? I think last year, the year before, both last year and the year before. I know last year for sure they didn't rip them as deep, right? So the tracks aren't as deep. They aren't as muddy to start with. So all the bikes are even more competitive, right? Where you get it really deep and gnarly. And I mean, obviously the star bike's going to be the best bike, you know, and then you put the guy that qualifies P1, you know, on most weekends, you know, except Jed, you know, bumped him sometimes last year, but Justin Cooper's pretty gnarly when those conditions on a star bike, you know, obviously it's not just because he's on a star bike, but it helps, right? It definitely doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. You know, he's a great rider, you know, and probably would still qualify P1 and do those things. But when the start's deep and gnarly, usually what bikes do you see coming around the first turn? You know, you go back to it's Salt Lake. Like all five yeah. or six you, Yeah, you time. go back to Salt Lake, you know, when elevation, the star bike, you know, Deegan dominated the, the, the heat race and so did Levi Kitchen, right, where the power of the bike was restricted a little bit. So they actually got all the power of the motorcycle right so mm -hmm. they could actually should i say use the power of the motorcycle sometimes yeah, i think right. the star bike's so fast that they're not even able to to use all the power it has you know yeah and like they talked to jeremy and they you know were pretty much just like how do you prep for it and he basically was like the bikes are so smart that it, it automatically adjusts anyways it's not like we have to manually go in and and you know turn the needle in the carburetor like yeah. the efi is so good and it adjust for those conditions i mean it's still gonna be down on power because of the lack of oxygen but it's not like a, a really demanding process for the teams yeah it's a lot you easier know. now than it was than it was yeah i can't imagine showing up on a carbureted bike trying to be like dude what the f you know like <laughs> what do i do this to get this thing to stop being such a turd you know i, I bet it was crazy we used to um when we would go to Mammoth, I only went a couple times, but when me and Davey would go there, we would bring our bikes out. The We would do one practice just on our regular jetting, and it was crazy. <laughs> so bad. Crazy how different oh, and horrible yeah, it I was. Mean, I mean, it was bad anyway, but the, yeah. when you would ride it on the regular jetting, just real quick, see what it was like, it was, it was horrible. But I feel like it's good that you did that, though, because then you just know it's like confirming. You're like, does yeah. it really make that big yeah. of a difference? Oh, well, it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, did you notice that they, they just released the schedule? Uh, Nick was showing me this, and they added a 30-minute intermission. Yep, I saw that. Do you like that? Um, I mean, it gives you a little bit more time. Definitely helps the privateers out a little bit, you know. Um, an hour seems 
like a long time until you're in certain situations and it's not long at all um or it's really hot whatever it may be so i don't think it's a bad thing you know give you a little bit more recovery and and time to get a bike ready if something happens you know when you don't have you know three mechanics you know so i think overall it can benefit the privateers and you know the the top guys as well just to recover a little bit more maybe it'll make the racing a little little more exciting at, at certain events yeah, kind of add more of a relaxed vibe to it and less of a, a sprint. I do kind of worry, though, because the program is already so long. It's already four hours straight yeah, yeah. of racing, oh. and now we're looking at five hours with an intermission. So, I mean, I wonder, I wonder I'm not saying there's going to be, I wonder if there's any effect on TV ratings or yeah. viewership. No idea. I mean, we could start a whole other topic on, you know, different motos and things that we've thought about to make it more interesting, but we won't even go into that right now. We'll maybe talk about that later. Yeah, it's it's too Yeah. That'd be a big topic. We yeah. can we'll we'll come back to that one of these days. Yeah, so I I mean, I think it'll it'll be good. It won't I don't think it will do much of difference, you know, for for the top guys because everything's done for them you know they have the food and and everything you know the top 450 guys have motorhomes so you know the but the privateers i think it'll help uh, a little bit more and make well, it yeah, a little they have uh you know the the factory guys turn their bike over and then it's all focus on myself get food get in an ice bath get hydration going take a quick little power nap like whatever these guys want to do but when you are also in charge of getting the bike ready, like it's probably a good forty-five minutes of bike work. Also. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most privateers have have a mechanic, but sometimes they need to help out a little bit, right, or whatever it may be. And you know, they're you know in the back of a van or or whatever that they don't have as much or access to as much, you know, you know, ice bath. So they're just sitting there trying to cool off with you know just towels, you know, so. It, it definitely a lot better, you know, in that, in that side of things, you just give them a little bit more time to feel like, okay, now I can go race again. You know, where before it's probably like, well, I just stopped sweating and I'm going back to the, to the gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My gosh. Cause it doesn't, if you're just sitting in the heat baking and dripping sweat and even if you're not really doing much, even just standing around handing tools or taking the bike on off the stand or whatever, like it, it adds a lot of stress. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an hour, you know, break, but it's not really an hour, you know, by the time you need to be back up there, um, you know, even the moto, if it's super hot, you're a privateer, you maybe don't have the fans, you don't have everything that some of these guys have, you know, you're there 20 minutes before the race, you know, and then, you know, before the first moto, you know, then you exert all your energy and then maybe your mechanic needs a little bit of help. So there's so many things or bike problems. So you're running around helping your mechanic try to get an ECU or something that you need or so that you can race. Right. So there's so many factors. It just doesn't always go sit and get ready for, for those guys. So I think that extra time will help them. I get excited for outdoors, man. Like I know people are like supercross only and the riders want supercross only. And I totally understand why. Cause it, you know, the payout's not as good as supercross and supercross has a really nice packaged deal and broadcast, but if we got rid of outdoors, I'd be so sad. As a fan, I, I love outdoors. Just the raw speed and something about it. It's just, it's just different. The yeah. grit and the the longer motors and the heat and it's it's the men's races. You know, the Supercross is awesome and I love the series. But I'd be very upset if we got rid of outdoors. Yeah. I wish they would change it, similar to what they do in Supercross with triple crowns. You know, um, make three twenty minute motos. You know, instead of two thirty plus twos. You know. there'd be some guys ready to throw down for for 20 minutes you know it would put a 
different perspective on what they're actually going to do for for that amount of time you wouldn't yeah. be beaten you know the the leader wouldn't have a minute lead yeah. or a minute and a half lead or whatever you know that the biggest that got up to like i remember tomac came out and won the race by like two minutes or something insane i mean <laughs> and you can go into ricky lapping people all the way up to i think he lapped the whole field yeah one time including james stewart yeah he lapped yeah everybody i don't think james got second that race i think Bulliman did or yeah. somebody it was a mud race at millville but yeah i think james got knocked over you know there yeah, was he something could, he couldn't make it up a hill why like, <laughs> everybody was crashing on this one hill that kind of helped helped R- ricky do that but still mm. amazing no matter what still i mean it's on record as you lap the entire field it doesn't yeah. matter how you got it done I mean, yeah. that's still just, it's crazy that, that even happened. Yeah, but you just put, you know, look at, like, Barsha when he came into outdoors, what he did for the first 20 minutes. The guy was gone compared to, like, Dungy, Purcell, so many guys, but I think he got ninth the first moto, and he had a 20-second lead at one time. Yeah. You know, because that last 15 minutes was just too much, you know, and, you know, and, I mean, even on 450, I think at times, you know, he's obviously won, won races, but for 20 minutes that guy's an animal you know you look at supercross 20 minutes the guy's an animal right Mm -hmm. 35 i'm not saying he's not an animal but especially how he rides you know all over the place i wouldn't say he's the most efficient rider when it comes to how he rides a dirt bike so 35 minutes makes it even harder to still be as strong as you were at, at 15 yeah and i think that 30 minutes is just probably obviously it's too long but it's I wonder if there's something there physiologically about everybody would have more fun racing a 20-minute race because it's not such a grind. Like, the guys wouldn't come off. They're like, they're still going to be exhausted because they're going all out for 20 minutes. But maybe it would just make it more, obviously, it would make it more competitive. I mean, definitely. And, yeah, I mean, you look at, that would be so good for, you know, if there was more winners, that's better for, for the sport, you know. Yeah, nobody wants to watch one guy win it all. I mean, like, you feel bad for the guy who is winning it all because everybody just wants to watch you fall. But that's why I like watching Tom Brady play football when he was playing because I think it's a, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what it takes to stay at the top of the game for that long. So I was never that guy. I'm like, dude, win six titles in the row. You yeah. know, like, it might be boring, but we'll find something else to focus on. Yeah. Oh, for you sure. Know? That's cool. You do you. Win as many as you can. Don't listen to anybody. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not bad racing. It's respect. Got anything else you want to say about the the races coming up on Saturday? No, I mean, I think it's going to be exciting. You know, I hope I hope somebody comes out and surprises us all. You know, yeah, and too. it could be anybody. AC man, I want it to be AC so bad or, or Aaron Plessinger. Yeah, I mean, you look at the race Aaron had on Supercross where he almost won. You know, the guy's so good on a motorcycle if right conditions, feeling good on the bike. You know, did they find something in the motorcycle? You know, you look at even. Justin Barsha, how that season started going for him when it was, from what I heard, just a little bit of a fork change that he got comfortable and boom, it started coming together, you know? Mm-hmm. So somebody like like Aaron, that's won an outdoor championship before in 250 class, you know, could could possibly be a contender, you know? Dude. And we haven't even really talked about him, you know? Or know. AC, just so fast, you know, when he came out on 450s, how fast he was he just couldn't put it together but you never know the bike's good and and all of a sudden he's clicking off laps and feeling good and you know gets he's some also gotten it done outdoors yeah you know there's a lot of previous champions and, and once you learn that's why i think it's important that sorry, i should finish my thought i have a bad habit of doing that when when you learn how to manage that title lead and you learn how to be consistent and limit the damage even on the really bad days that's what makes you a champion you know and then you look at somebody like jet 
he has had two full seasons doing that, and Chase has had zero. Yeah, you know, in outdoors, Chase still could get it done because he's a phenomenal racer. He's definitely one of the fastest guys in the field. Will he be faster than Jet? I don't know, but maybe yeah. experience will triumph. But who has who has the more relevant experience? That's kind of what I'm saying. Is it Chase has more experience because he's done the 450 class for a couple of years and just won a Supercross title? Or does Jet have the leg up on experience because he won two outdoor titles and two lights titles yeah, even though it, only 10 rounds? It's it's obviously different, you know, even where what Chase did last year, you know, going into the final round against somebody like Eli Tomac, you know, where he was at in in his career, how dominant he was, you know, and how much experience he had. That's totally different, you know. Just like we just talked about from so many people that have won, won championships, you know, yes, should, should jet be that guy that's going to beat you know or contend with with chase yes you know but could maybe he not contend you know chase might just stomp him into the ground yeah, maybe that'll be the surprise yeah, you know because you just like you we thought yes he does have four championships so that that's hard to to compete against and yes dylan has won a championship and dylan won three championships you know I'm pretty sure two supercrosses and an outdoor. Like I was talking yep. to Brad Hoffman the other day, and he was like, you know, I think Dylan would have had two outdoor championships, but after he won his supercross championship, you know, the first couple races, you know, his he was just like, man, I just accomplished the biggest, the greatest thing I ever, you know. That's I'm still, you know, trying to get over that, you know. And then he kind of got on a roll and started doing good at the end of that season. But if not, he probably would have four championships as well, you know. So. You know, yes, obviously age and that, and he's younger, so that, you know, puts him a step ahead of those guys. But, you know, will he be as fast as Chase? We don't know. Yeah, and I think that'd be so hard winning a title and then, you know, literally a two-week reset. You get one weekend off, and now, you know, it the count is reset to zero. And now you have to go out and fight every weekend again, just as hard as you were before. You know, and like the, the guys over at Pulp were talking about how Dylan is more of a contender than people are giving him credit for because the year that he won the title, he straight up beat Eli and Chase. But that was the year that Eli Tomac won his first 450 Supercross title, so he was probably experiencing that exact same thing that Dylan had. Yeah. So that put him in a hole right away, and he had the mechanicals at Loretta's, and you know, like it was a, it was a, a whole cascade of events. And then Chase is just, he's a totally different rider now than he was Yeah, but you kind of back then, you know brought up a point that now chase just experienced winning a supercross championship no he didn't have to manage it but he was trying to do it the entire time and fix some issues for 17 weekends you know where you know jet kind of managed it pretty easily you know nine weekends had time off prepare ride the bike you know do some more outdoor motos you know so he's been kind of mentally rested and ready. So will he come out swinging, you know, and same with Dylan, right? Like he didn't ride the supercrosses, but you know, how, how ready is he? You know, I know some cer certain things about him, but you know, where will he be? You know, I think he's going to come in humble and, and try to build after the first couple rounds. Yeah. I mean, Dylan's a champion, man. I, I would never bet against him. He's a gnarly dude. And you made a good point. I mean, Jet is coming in feeling refreshed. I'm probably not refreshed. Like it was still stressful. It's always yeah. gonna be stressful trying to win a championship. But you know, Jet's gonna come in feeling relatively fresh 
and Chase just finished 17 rounds going toe-to-toe with himself. He didn't even really race anybody. He just It was him against him for 17 rounds, and now it's about to be him against him, plus Jet, plus Dylan. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how he handles that. Well, that, you know, will he come out swinging or is he going to have some of that, you know, a little bit of a fatigue, hangover, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, it's really interesting to watch. and I think he learned a lot probably just from the year before managing it and doing the whole season. So he knows what to expect, you know, and he's a beast. You know, you can't chase his, is very strong and, you know, he takes hits and, you know, so I think he's going to be really good and he's probably feeling really refreshed after, you know, not thinking he was going to win a championship and being able to win it and, you know, get that ball rolling. You know, now it's almost like, well, okay, I did that. I think he's just going to be very hard to beat. Well, plus, I think he's he's chasing that golden year. You know, like, his, you know, he's 23 years old. His number's 23. It's 2023. He won the, the Supercross title. How cool would it be to also win the outdoor title? And then, you know, Super Motocross, like, this could be, yeah. yeah, the nations, like, who knows? He, this could be, like, the year of all years for him, and I think that he'll just do whatever it takes to be successful. He's got that grit. Yep. He's cool. Good good for the sport. All right, last thing that we always have to talk about is if you don't want to feel as tired while you're riding, you guys should sign up for MTF Online Training. We have 12-week fitness programs. We have advanced gym only, where it's just new programs every month, every six weeks. Um, that's more tailored to your specific goals, and they, they change all the time. And then we also have our, our highest tier, which is gym plus riding, where we give you guys riding schedules. Um, so you always have structure when you show up to the gym, when you show up to the track. All you have to do is literally show up, open your phone, get the training schedule or download the program, and focus all your mental energy on the training, the most important part. Yep, that's it. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you in the next one. Yeah, see ya. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the MX Mastery Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening on. This helps the podcast find other people that are just as passionate about moto as we are. I'll see you guys in the next episode.